We have spent the month of January kind of looking at New Year's resolutions and how we make our faith walk better and how to use the events of life to make our faith stronger. And hopefully you all are working on habits in 2017 that are uphill habits uh, that are giving you a new direction for this new year and getting rid of those downhill habits that maybe you practiced in 2016. And I pray that you're wanting to move your New Year's resolutions from habits that draw you back to habits of hope and changing those habits in our life. Because, you know, Aristotle said we are what we repeatedly do. And it takes more than just inspiration to make a change and to develop habits that produce a practical Christianity. Do you know that most people fail in their resolutions because they don't understand it isn't change that really matters, isn't based on their own efforts or abilities? But change occurs when the habit is done through God's strength and God's ways. That's why the Bible tells us in to basically fix our attention on God and you would be changed from the inside out and recognize that he wants from you and respond to it, it says in Romans 12, 2 in the message translation. God can bring the, the best out of you and develop a, a maturity in you. But see, we have a culture that we live in that is continually trying to, to pull us down to its level of immaturity while God and his church tries to bring the best out of you. And there's some habits you can develop in 2017 that can, can add to the, the habits that maybe you're trying to change. And as I look at the month of February, I think of Valentine's Day for February, and I think of relationships when I think of Valentine's Day. And I want to talk today about basically how is it that we have relationships the priority of relationships and the habit of choosing relationships carefully i mean think about it you are where you are you are who you are because of the people who have been in your life up to this point good or bad and some of those people uh, were your choice but some of those people you may have inherited because they're relatives or, or their blood relation, good or bad. But what I want you to hear is you are the sum total of your relationships. See, your relationship decisions are the most important decisions you will make in your life. I mean, look at your relationships up to now. They have defined you. And that's why we're told in Proverbs 27, 19, he tells us in the good news, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. I like that translation from the good news Bible. Notice what it says in those last words, the kind of friends he chooses. I've said before, show me your friends and, and I'll show you the future. We try to beat this into the children and youth of the church. Show me your friends that you pick, 
and I'll show you your future. Because it dictates our lives more than we realize those friends. So there are some choices that you need to make in the kind of friends you hang out with in 2017. And these are habits that can, can change your life up. So choose friends carefully. In other words, nurture the important relationships. Nurture the important relationships. Hopefully you have some important relationships. Those who are close to you. And the condition of those relationships are based on you. When you think about important relationships that you need to nurture, you might say, well, that's my marriage. And you may say, it, it isn't what it used to be. Uh, and it's an issue that, that maybe you haven't nurtured to that point, where you may be saying, the fire's gone out in my marriage. Well, let me remind you, in a fireplace, when a fire goes out, the problem isn't the fireplace. The problem is you need wood, you need lumber, you need newspaper, you need spark. It's not the fireplace. See, for the fireplace to work, it needs the resources in it, just like a marriage takes work. It takes time together. It takes time building the fire. It takes work. Like in my life, I, I know that you all won't believe it, but I live with an angel. And I can tell you that because I keep getting hit upside the head by her wings and her halo keeps blinding me. Natalie and Judy, that doesn't go out of the room. So, And I have the best life in the world, but it takes work. You have to work at marriage because Satan hates marriage. And a marriage won't maintain itself. Remember, in marriage, we think somebody else has a better one. Somebody else has greener grass than we do, but we need to remember to get green grass, it requires a higher water bill because the grass is greener in a relationship because you water it. And where you find green grass, somebody is investing in it. So in relationships in 2017, don't give up on your marriage. Keep watering it. It's harder to start a fire when the fire has gone out. It's easier to throw a log on before it burns out. But you can still start a fire from scratch. But your choice leads where your feelings will follow. And that's why we don't lead life with feelings. We lead life with choices. We have to be careful because if we love our work and put it ahead of our spouse or our family and neglect. We can neglect them because of hobbies or friends or organizations, things that aren't even sinful. But it's the neglect of that relationship. And maybe a part of a New Year's resolution should be to nurture those relationships that are important to you. So if you have dropped the ball and have neglected those most important relationships with a Jesus as a Christian, it's never too late to build that fire, to nurture that 
important relationship and to put in family time or a date night. So nurture those important relationships. Also, restore broken relationships. I know this can be a painful process. The pain of fixing a broken relationship, though, is not as bad as the broken relationship itself. See, you may not be able to fix it because the other person doesn't want to play ball. But the Bible tells us in Romans 12, 17 and 18, do not repay anyone evil for evil. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Of course, sometimes it is impossible to fix that broken relationship. And if you can't live at peace with that person because they won't play ball, live at peace with yourself that you have tried. And settle it in your heart to forgive them whether they forgive you or not. See, I like this illustration of forgiveness. You know, unforgiving and unforgiveness and holding a grudge against a person is compared to setting yourself on fire hoping that that other person you have the issue with will die of smoke inhalation. And it isn't going to work. You aren't hurting them, you're hurting yourself. That's why Colossians 3.13 tells us, bear with each other, forget, forgive whatever grievance you may have against another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that can be one of the best relationship choices you ever make. So give, forgive someone, even though they may not choose to forgive you. Also, sever any harmful relationships. So you need to sever any harmful relationships. Or at least redefine harmful relationships. Those relationships which hold you back in your, your walk of faith. Let me be clear. This doesn't mean husbands or wives. You know, this, don't redefine or don't get rid of that relationship. It's those relationships that we have that we've allowed in our lives that we know are not good for us. It, 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 you know, social media is a good thing, but social media and Facebook can be a bad thing because how many people have reconnected with old flames and old friends? You know, there was a story of a couple that was flirting on Facebook and set up this secret meeting with somebody they met on Facebook at a, at a, a mysterious site, and when they got there, it was a husband and wife. And it made them mad enough they divorced. <laughs> Just a warning about harmful relationships. Don't flirt on the job. It's not worth it. Damage can be done. Damage that, that can, can not only hurt the relationship you're in, but collateral damage that goes on out into the family and the extended family. See, Solomon reminds us, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a, a companion of fools suffers harm in Proverbs 13, 20. And even the Apostle Paul gives warning. 
in 1 Corinthians 15.33, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And when you think about the relationship choices, remember how bad relationships and wrong influences and choices in friends can, can lead you down the wrong road. And I know we parents try to be careful that we direct our kids into the right friendship circles because maybe we, growing up as, as young people and kids, had the wrong friends in high school that led us down the wrong road and caused us to make the wrong choices. I remember sharing with my kids when we're talking about some of the dumb things we all do as kids that God surely watches over us because we probably all should have been killed at some point or another with the dumb things we've done. But what we're saying here is we all need some meaningful relationships. And what I mean by that is, is godly relationships. See, it reminds us in Hebrews 10.25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. It is saying we need to get back in the habit of not only meeting in church, but also meeting with the, the right people. And, and that's one of those uphill habits we need in 2017. It says, let us encourage one another. So how do you initiate the right relationships? I want to give you four relationships that I'd like to see you initiate as you move into 2017. And the first one is develop my relationship with my church. Hebrews 10:25 was telling us that. But everybody needs a church that they can call my church where they can say i belong there are 30 verses in the new testament that you cannot do unless you're connected with a local church see the bible is making the assumption that you are connected somewhere with the church in ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 the apostle paul says in the living bible you are members of God's uh, very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Now, attending is okay. Uh, if you come to a church and you sit for a season, and you're not giving and you're not serving, you're just resting, and, and, and just find yourself uh, needing uh, time to renew, that's okay, but, but you can't stay there. Eventually, you need to find a place to belong. It's better if you belong. See, you get the best out of any relationship when you commit. It's just like when Karen and I started dating. We were more like attenders. You know, we'd get together every now and then, go out to a movie or, or uh, go to a worship service at one of the campus, uh, campus ministry sites. But at some point, it moved to membership and what moved it to membership was a wedding and you don't discover the best in any relationship 
until you move to that point of commitment. And that's what a wedding does. It's making a commitment to another person. That's what membership does. It's making a commitment to a church and a group of people. And Mount Pisgah is a church that wants people committed to it. People who are doing more than just kicking the tires and test driving. Because we're a church with a, a vision for reaching our community for Christ. We're a church with a vision for making a difference we're a church with the vision for raising a, a generation, a future generation that's on fire to serve Jesus Christ. And, and we want people who take ownership and say, this is my church. And when they walk down the hall or they see a piece of paper sitting on the floor, they don't think, well, that's somebody else's job. They know they're owners and they bend over and pick it up and throw it away because they understand that it's their church. We need a place to belong in 2017. And if you didn't know it, we're doing a membership class Wednesday night at 7.30 following Nick's Bible study in the chapel. And we invite you to come to that. Second, develop relationships with godly friends. It means we have to set up godly friends people you're going to be close to and that means being around them when you're with them it makes you more godly people who build you up and not put you down see godly friends are ones who encourage us in the right direction it says about that in the new testament in the book of acts chapter 2 verse 44 all the believers met together constantly, shared everything with each other. Do you have Christian friends you can get together with and share the real you? I mean, to be able to take off the masks that we may show at work or out there in the world. You need people, people that you want in your life for the rest of your life. Thirdly, Find a place to serve with other people. See, we need people at Mount Pisgah. We need Sunday school teachers. We need children's church workers or people that just uh, escort people and kids around. We need refuel workers. We need greeters. We need volunteers in the kitchen. We need people because what you discover is when you serve with other people, you discover that anything significant in life, anything significant in life cannot be done alone. Ecclesiastes 4.9 that John read today reminds us, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. It is saying we need to do things together to have significance. And and I'll tell you, Mount Pisgah can get along without you. You know, we've done it for uh, a lot of years here. But we get along better with you. And that's why we encourage you to find significance here. Fourthly, develop your relationship with God. Notice I said develop. If you go to Sunday school class today, you're going to be looking at Acts 15, and you'll see a little bit of this discussed. 
What would it be like in your life if you went all in for God? See, God is something that you need to pour your heart and soul into. It's not just getting fire insurance where he's another block you check so that if there is a hell, you don't go there. It's, it's pouring your heart and the soul into the one that loved you, the one that created you. And if you don't respond to God's urging and go all in, I warn you, just like I did last week with the churn and the churnings of life, God may allow a crisis. He doesn't create the crisis, but he allow it, and he will do things to get your attention because God wants you all in. And if you go all in for God, you won't be disappointed. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. That's a promise from God. If you look for me wholeheartedly, in other words, it's not something you can just do uh, with 10%. It's got to be 100%. He's saying, you will find me. And what I'm telling you is, this can change your life forever. If you go all in in 2017, and not just stick a toe in or a leg in, but go all in. So as you look at where you're heading in this new year, Remember the priority of relationships. And I think what you'll find in 2017 is if you align your purposes with God's purpose and you don't live life by default, but you live life by design, by God's design for your life, you're going to have a wonderful 2017. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather here this morning, we just thank you so much that you're a God that puts relationships in our life. As we move into the month of February, let us be people that just count our blessings of the many relationships you have given us. That you've given us people to love and people that love us back. And we thank you most of all for those people that are Christian that are in our lives. And we pray that we'll take some time to examine what are those positive and healthy relationships that move us in the right direction and let us get closer to them. And now, Lord, we just pray that most of all we consider the greatest relationship and that's the one with you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.